Hello there, and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me, Saul Walker. The two head gardeners looking after private estates in Essex and Devon. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. We hope your garden is growing beautifully. And if you're new, thank you for listening in to us chat about our gardens, what's going on in the horticultural world, and occasionally chatting to our garden friends around the UK. Finally, summer has arrived, and after one of the most unusual springs in living memory and the steady reopening of the UK COVID lockdown, it couldn't have come any sooner. Herbaceous beds are overflowing with colour, kitchen gardens reveal their bounty of fruit and vegetables, and the air is filled with buzzing and birdsong. Join us every week for a new episode on a range of diverse subjects as we reflect on our successes and failures in our work and personal gardens. We also look at how horticulture in the UK is developing, and divulge a few things that we've learned over a combined 40-year gardening career. So take us with you as you start weeding and planting, or just enjoy us on your favourite garden bench as we delve into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Okay, so it's day two of BBC Gardener's World Live's special edition. Day two? Yeah, yeah, I know. We've survived to day two. Last night, I have to be honest, Saul and I hit a bit of a wall and it's because we haven't been used to speaking to the gardening public for eight hours a day for quite a few years i think our bodies went into shock but we've got the hang of it today yeah we've paced ourselves i feel quite perky i don't know about you so what was it 200 people who came through so if yes. you think about it, having that many i'm feeling yeah, yeah perky yeah 200 questions we had today we just tallied them up so approximately so i think we've earned our um our meal tonight at the Ibis Styles, don't you? I'm looking forward to a juicy steak. Yeah, but before that, yes, what before. we're going to do is tell you all about something that I feel is quite special at this show because it's something that's achievable, it's beautiful, it doesn't cost too much money, it gets your creative juices flowing and it allows budding garden designers to stamp their mark on a show. And it's the beautiful borders that we have at Gardeners World Live. There's over 20 of them. I think there's about, is it 20? I think it's 24. Four. Yeah. And we're going to talk your way through the ones that really wet our whistle. Yeah. Get us going. There are, there are a couple that are absolutely exemplar designs. You know, mm. some of them. A couple? Come on, more than that. Okay, more than that. Be but kind. I mean, there's, there's a few that you could take and put as a garden in any show yeah. and be quite proud of, get a good medal with. So. Let's go and have a look at our first one, shall we? Yeah, over there? Let's do that. Lovely. Can't wait. Yeah, so we've come over to a border that probably looks like my home garden in some <laughs> ways. So in it's some great. ways it makes me feel at home. It is the Garden Envy border and it is all, well, it is. It's tropical plants. It's tropical heaven. You've got Tetrapanax, you've got Colocasia, you've got the bananas. You've got a very nice albizia at the silk tassel looking virtual tree. Yeah, looking really nice. You've got two types of cirsus, uh, a upright one and a trailing one. That's the forest pansy. So it's the purple leaf. And I know you're a big fan I of that. Would, I want that in my garden one day. Yes, I do. And this garden's by Kate Mason. And I think it's really effervescent. I think it, the one thing I think we've noticed in the show is that a lot of people have actually come and asked us about exotic looking plants exotic mm. gardens probably because the show is later in the year so these are the plants that actually are the stars of the show at this time yeah, of year exactly we've got to take that into account because it is now a, a more of an autumn show but the color scheme for this garden we've got lots of lovely oranges now you can get some really good echinaceas these days and all sorts of colors 
they're almost like iridescent and, and glowing. Mm. And then yeah. you've got red hot pokers, you've got some pelagoniums. There's a nice um, begonia. Look at the begonia. Yeah, I saw, back I saw there. the cane the stem begonia. With the begonia. dark leaf. Yeah, really uh, lovely. Yeah, so, the, so the colour scheme here we've got oranges, and then we've got golden, which is things like the catalpa. You've also got uh, some sweet potatoes, some golden sweet potatoes. That's unusual. You don't often see that in a, a in a design. I think they're using it more as bedding in this design, yeah. which is quite nice to infill the sort of gaps yeah. in your beds if you are have got an exotic scheme. Well, there's a golden leaf sumac over there as well. And then oh, the other yes. accent colour in this garden, we've got three kind of accent colours, the, the orange, the golden yellow, and then deep, deep purple. Now, the colocasia is looking... Well, Amazing. That, that is black magic. Right. Which is a classic of the Colocasia for black. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, for, for the black colour. Although it can be a little temperamental to try and overwinter. There are other varieties such as black coral, black ruffles. And one of my personal favourites is called Coal Miner. I really would emphasise that if you can get hold of Colocasia Coal Miner, that is a diamond of a plant. Well, we've also got in here Aeonium. I'm guessing that's Schwarzkopf. That is, yeah. Uh, and then we've also got some of the dark leafed dahlias now they've been disbudded maybe because they had a, uh, a different flower color for the for the palette of the designer here mm. but actually the foliage in itself is lovely and then also a, a beautiful black formium and it's the, the, you know the, the three colors and the leaf shapes of this garden the the excitement it just brings to you is is contagious i i think this has drawn a lot of crowd attention this garden because it's of the moment it's tropical the the color combinations are really rich and saturated and unctuous you know really yeah. really gorgeous things so you you, you know it's it's uh, a, a memorable garden because a lot of the staff here have been using it as a waypoint to meet yeah people they say go to the uh, go to the beautiful border jungle garden and yep. that's uh, where they meet yep. but anyway we're going to move on to something a little less effervescent maybe a little bit more cottagey and some maybe there may be some vegetable plants Ooh, as do well you reckon? yeah yeah, so we've come over from big leaves and hot colours. Something a little bit more demure, wafting. Uh, what are you would describe <laughs> what as... What yourself, demure and wafting? <laughs> I like to have a waft. <laughs> um, it's, it's a meadow theme. So it's called the Meadow Border, which is quite obvious. Uh, it's by Tina Warboys. And it has been given the Best Beautiful Border this year and a Platinum Award, yep. we should say. Which is which, the top award. As we explained yesterday, that is the top award that Gardener's World Live give. It goes bronze, silver, silver merit, gold, platinum. So if you hear us talk about platinum, that is the top. It's a lovely border. I know it's caused some consternation among the judges as to what classified as a border. But I think for you and me, it's definitely planted up in a border style, but with a yes. meadow theme. That's the idea. I think you can see some meadow style plants in here. So... In an annual meadow, you could have cornflowers, for example. You could have maybe some achillea in a perennial meadow. You could have some wild carrot. We, you've got dischamptia. We've got sanguisorba. So again, in perennial meadows, they could be in existence. Scabious as well. But you've also then got plants that would not be in a meadow, such as cosmos. Yeah. You've got some little um, tufties, that, that, uh, not a breezer, a, a type of annual grass there. You've got um, some very obviously cultivated salvias. You've got lysomachia, you've got uh, gora, you've got a rose. So it's definitely planted in a meadow style and there's a nod towards meadow plants. But I actually love this because of the way it's a marriage of the two, cultivated plants and meadow plants. It doesn't have to be that British native plants are the best for wildlife. That's been proven, hasn't it? And it's, it's a meadow style. So it's not 
a meadow as such, it doesn't contain your, your traditional, like you said, meadow mm. plants. It's planting with, it's almost, there's a cottage -y element to it. It's what a, a sort of cottage garden would look like, which does have that meadow feel. And like you say, there's a, there's a rosy meal and there's also a black yes, fence undulating through it, giving it just a bit of structure, also sort of mimicking the edge of a field, maybe giving it another nod to that sort of meadow feel. Um, it's, I think it's lovely and I think it's very evocative and I think what's clever is the way they've arranged the plants. Um, in some of the beds we're going to be talking about they're very much a garden style planted up in blocks or you know very uh, formal. This is very informal the plants interweave with each other yeah. they're very complementary there are some darker more burnt colours and then the whites like the cosmos and the yarrow and then you'll get things like the verbena just popping out and some of the grasses just adding a little bit of height. It makes you feel. I think it's a, it gives you the feeling of being in a meadow. It does. Do you know what? There's Obviously, there's the, the theme these days of prairie planting, which is yeah. like a, a meadow-style landscape. This does not follow a prairie planting look. It's a lovely, refreshing take on what a meadow, a, a classic flower meadow could look like. But but yet it's it's going off in a new direction, which I think is quite exciting and quite for a, for the designer, which is Tina Warboys. She's she's actually kind of going off in a in a new direction for me. So I think it's 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 beautiful. As you say, the 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 fence there echoes like an agricultural style fence, which also then locks down that meadow idea. But it's a really it's just really clever, really clever, beautiful. We'll take some photos so you can see what we're talking about. But it's it's I want to run through it with a frock on. <laughs> so do I. So we've come to one that we actually scoped out yesterday. We came out mm. here and really nicely spoke to the designer who told us all about her garden. The Power of Flowers is Everything by Lynn Cordell. And she was saying that she grew a lot of the plants herself. She had to get mm. some of the plants, but it was quite a fascinating talk because she said that during lockdown, she decided to take on garden designing. Yeah. She, Probably, got her, she got her design qualifications during lockdown. So she was a very sassy lady who worked out that using her time wisely in that way would, uh, would be fruitful because she then came to the show, designed this lovely garden. Um, and we both thought it was, it was really well done, really well done. There's a lovely colour palette. It's very gentle. We've got blues, purples, rich yellows, and then more creams and a bit of silver foliage. And uh, that's essentially it. It's, it's very cooling very classic there's a lovely glass of something there looks like a limoncello cocktail i'd quite like to be drinking that in that chair at the moment that's another <laughs> it's, story it's very contemporary isn't it and it's there's it's formal and it's also balanced across the diagonal mm. which is something we've actually discussed uh, before while we were judging looking at some of the exhibits is the the ones that are cross diagonally especially on these square plots just have a bit more dynamism a bit more movement to them yeah. rather than the ones that are done where they just square on. square on, parallel down the thing. And mm. yeah, some absolutely gorgeous plants. It's all pegged by this white birch at the back, which is a nice little story with. Well, there is, because um, as we, we say, uh, Lynn had to fund the planting up of this garden out of her own pocket, which is hats off to you, Lynn, is a, is a good thing to do. But she has actually already been commissioned for a garden that needs a multi-stem birch in it so although she's bought this tree she now needs to get it back I think it was Manchester she needs to go to with this rather substantially sized multi-stem birch to put it actually in someone's garden so she's not going to be out of pocket very cleverly done Lynn 
just going to pop over to a border just to talk about it very quickly because it's a friend of ours. Yeah. It's someone we've had on the podcast. And there's a really nice plant on it that is in memory of obviously of someone now it's peter seabrook and peter is known for the floral fantasia at hyde hall and this is very much what this board is about lots of lovely color from the roses very traditional compared to some of the other borders but yeah. you know the point is that it's different from the other borders so it's not the same you know it's nice to have a bit of traditionalness but the plant that is a really nice one is verbena and it's called margaret's memory yeah and that's because well Peter's late wife, who sadly passed away, Margaret, um, he has named this verbena in memory of her. And um, I had the pleasure of speaking to Margaret on the phone many times when I worked with Amateur Gardening magazine because I would edit Peter's pages and often Margaret would answer the phone. Yeah. So for me, to, to know Peter and then to see that he's named this plant after her, uh, it's, it's very special for him, I'm sure, to... to to do something like that and to, to remember her in that way. And the verbena has actually been used in a design way really Lovely. nicely. It's underplanting the roses. We've got a row of standard roses here and then some more um, traditional sort of bed roses that stand approximately a foot, foot and a half tall. And it just gently kisses the edge of the, the bed on some sleepers. It's, it's really beautiful. The, the rose colours are cream through to peach apricot and then going into kind of like almost like a, a cherry red it's a rainbow isn't it it's, it's a floral fantasia yeah well, of colors i can see what he's done that for then yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah it's really nice and i think for peter to be able to still be displaying plants we, we know he puts on the big displays in the floral marquee mm. so this is a little bit different for him i guess mm. but it's a really sweet memory for him but actually a really nice design and something a little bit different for the border so again some really great ideas. We love that at BBC Gardeners World Live, they also have a good sense of humour and balance for who's going to come through the gates. You know, it's, it's, it's a family day out at the end of the day and there's some fantastic things here to lure in the younger generation, which Saul and I both know is oh, key, to, key to getting young people interested in horticulture. And what we're looking at here is the wheelbarrow competition. We're schools, we've had seven schools enter a planted up wheelbarrow uh, competition. There's some fantastic takes on the concept here. They've all got an edible theme to them. Mm. At the minute, we're looking at a very dandy scarecrow. He has a French leaning, hasn't he? Oh, onions. Yeah. Oh, look at the onions. onions made out of a pair of tights around his neck. Mais oui. Oh, that's in uh, Whoever thought up that idea from Bishop Milner Catholic College, well done you, because it's, it's worked brilliantly. Absolutely brilliantly. And then next to that, we've got a, a, an abundance of brassicas bursting out of a wheelbarrow. This has been put together by Minworth Junior and Infant School. And there's some beautiful... Oh, what's that in there? Some beautiful tomatoes and chilies. All There's sorts a of strawberry at the back and yeah. a cosmos. Full of this stuff. is what my cosmos oh, looks like. <laughs> no <laughs> flowers. It just grows cosmos with no tripid. flowers. Yeah. Foliage is quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's Yeah, gorgeous. and then we've got Thornton Primary School with Mexico. Now, one of the things I think the theme yeah. is, is countries. So we've been through Italy and we've obviously been through France and this is Mexico and it's got a bit of a day of the dead theme. There's so skulls There's in some here. skulls. There's a sombrero. Yes. Lots of tomatoes, again. 
obviously to make the salsa, to make the salsa for the fajitas. Exactly. Yeah. Don't talk about food. It's a bit late in the but day. I'm hungry. That. How many tomatoes can you get in a wheelbarrow? <laughs> ridiculous. Well, according to this this school, at least six. So that's six. that's a, that's a, a yeah. good a good measure. Then we've got oh, this Rookery Primary School. They've got this amazing trailing squash. Looks like some kind of exotic, not the usual squash. We've got something like a. Well, it's from a Bangladesh, I believe. Yeah. It's a coda gourd. Well, there you go. Wow. So that's rather beautiful. Yeah, lovely. And oh, there's a, oh, there's an English version. Oh, look at that oh. cream tea. Cream tea. <laughs> they a cream tea. Oh, oh I love look at that. that. And there's teapot lids as cane toppers, which is again very, very ingenious. Well done, Brownover Community School. So yeah, lovely and stuff. Just to end off, we've got. What's it? Oh, Pakistan. Oh, this must be full of in interesting plants. Lots yeah. of chilies. Lots of chilies, aubergines, coriander. coriander. Oh, this is making me hungry. Curry plant. Oh, I'm, I'm hankering after a tikka masala now. <laughs> That's what I had last night. It was oh, very well tasty. done. So, yeah. Right, we're going to head up to some more borders. They're, they're split up a little bit, so the wheelbarrows are connecting the two areas. We're going to have a look at a few of the gardens that I think maybe didn't get as much of an award as we were hoping. Yeah. Yeah, let's have a look. Right, so we've come up the hill onto the corner of the Forum Marquis up to some really, these are um, some really nice themes up here, but there's one that's really taken my and Lucy's eye, and that's the yeah. Earth Smiles with Flowers by Jessica Nichols. Now, it's taken our eye because it got a gold, and we think it should have a platinum. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so evocative. It's just, it's like, it's like they've taken a piece of Yorkshire or a piece of a country garden and just planted it in the middle of the showground. Well done, Jessica. I, I really think this is well planted. It's a lovely theme, good props, beautiful. Well, do you know what was funny about this? Because you and I explored the beautiful borders in this section of the showground independently. Yes. And we both said, you've got to come look at this garden. And then we both were drawn to this particular one, which is uncanny, because sometimes our opinions can be quite different. Our tastes can be a little different. Yeah, but yeah. this is just... Uh, it's the subtlety of the colours. You know, a lot of these borders here this year, you know, it's, it's an autumn-style show, late summer-autumn, so they've gone for the, the obvious oranges, the reds, the deep yellows. This is very gentle, soft, muted pastel colours. So we've got Lysomachia, we've got Lysomachia, we've got Veronicastrums, we've got white echinaceas, we've got yellow achilles, we've got beautiful, gentle verbena bonariensis, which is the only kind of like late summer flower I can... I can really see near. There's also a galvanised cattle trough. Yeah. A lovely, um, I think it's a beehive composter. Yeah, I don't think it's a beehive itself, is no, it? And there's no. a lovely rustic, rustic oh, gate at the back. It's just so evocative. Yeah, made out of, out of logs, and then, then it's been, uh, obviously it's got hinges and brackets on it, but the, you know, it's a very, very rustic look, and a lovely brick pathway interplanted with thyme. Uh, and then the ridge on profusion all, all, all mingled through, and a wire chicken. It, it's just, I, I say, gently understated class i think yeah understated class that's a really good way of saying it what's really nice though is i don't know if this was accidental or on purpose but the fact that the it's on a bank means that you look through the fence yeah. and the gate and you see a field it's just grassland in the back so it does actually feel yeah like you're on the edge of a country garden looking into the field with a gate i, I really love it i really love it and like i say I think it was a bit, you know. We think so. Yeah. If we, both, if we both really loved it, and we've been judging some of the other gardens, and we, we you know, we've got our eye in now. I, I think, yeah. I, I think this deserved a little bit more than a gold. So, Jessica, 
you've got the Talking Heads Platinum Award for Best in the Beautiful Borders from me and Lucy. Yeah, we hope you agree. And that brings this week's episode to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening into our take on gardening in the 21st century. Please do let us know, either through a review with your podcast provider or direct to us on our Twitter feeds at Gardening Saul and at Head Gardener LC. And also follow Lucy's Instagram page, also at Head Gardener LC. As summer days lengthen, it offers more opportunities than ever to enjoy your garden, whether you're digging, hoeing and raking or sipping on a summer drink with friends. Whatever the reason, enjoying your outdoor space and bringing a little bit of foliage and flower to your personal plot is one of life's real joys. As head gardeners, summer is one of those periods where the garden brings the greatest satisfaction as the planning and perspiration spent for most of the year manifests a cacophony of botanical eye candy. But there is still much work to do, so join us on a future episode to see exactly what Lucy and I are up to. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, Goodbye! goodbye!